Hello and welcome along to the latest episode of a Thai football podcast with me, Dale Farrington. And me, Rob Bernhard. How's your week been, Rob? Yeah, really good, thanks. Lots of football on TV and a, and a wonder on Sunday. It was, it was quite a, a day out by all accounts. You'll see in a little while. And it's been another interesting seven days in the world of Thai football, hasn't it? They certainly give us plenty to talk about, don't they? And one of those gifts that keep on giving is Buriram United. They've been in the news quite a bit this week. There's been two major incidents involving them. So we've got Jamie coming up, who's a Buriram fan, and he's fighting his corner. The two major things that have happened have been the VAR incident at Police Terror, and that was quickly followed up by the postponement of Friday night's match at Bangkok United. Buriram have been getting a lot of flack on social media, so I gave him a chance to put his side of the story. So shall we listen to what he had to say now? Yeah, please. Okay, this is me and Jamie. Welcome to the podcast, Jamie. Thank you, Dale. Very nice to see you again. What an eventful week for a Buriram United fan. Dale, every week is an eventful week when you're a Buriram fan, my friend. I'm sure it is. Anyway, we've got you on today to talk about a couple of issues that have been burning a hole through the Twitter sphere. First of all, I'm going to go back to last week when we had the very controversial, disallowed, handball, VAR goal at Police Terror. What was your take on that? It's not even controversial. The ref blew his whistle, the game stopped. That's it. The goal didn't count because it didn't go in because the referee had stopped the game. Where's the controversy? The controversy probably is that in this day and age, what referees are told to do is let play carry on until there's a break in the play and then they can review it. Because I think most people had the issue, if he'd have done that and not whistled straight away, they would have been able to check it using VAR and the goal would have stood. It wasn't handball, was it? I actually thought it was handball, but that's for them to decide. The thing was, and this is going to get me in a lot of trouble for this, if you watch the replay, you hear the referee blow the whistle and there's two defenders by the guy striking the ball and both of them looked up at the referee as it happened and therefore didn't challenge the player. So it's not a question of checking the goal. Maybe it wouldn't have been a goal because the defender would have stopped the player. So it's also hypothetical. We were always taught play to the whistle. Now, that's no longer applicable though, is it? Another big problem we've got, most of the football I watch doesn't have VAR. So it's a completely different game. Things like the linesman being told not to raise his flag straight away and incidents like last Friday, they don't tend to arise as much in games where VAR isn't used. So you, you're playing to two different sets of rules, aren't you? It's it's difficult hmm. for officials. Just, you know, One week they could be refereeing a game that has VAR and then the next week they're refereeing a game that doesn't. It's, it's hard for them to adapt, I guess. Yeah, but honestly, on Monday night, the referee was too fast on the whistle. No doubt about that. You know, I watched it in my little shack in Iraq where I was, and I heard that whistle immediately. So my reaction was, don't celebrate the goal. He's blown the whistle for some... For, I didn't know why, but for some reason at the time. Then you see the replays. Now, you know, we talk about, you know, when we watch football, yeah, play the whistle fine, but, you know, play on always. We had things like this, but you just... But can I can I go off a bit on this one at the same time? You know, the referee blown the whistle right. He shouldn't blow the whistle. He should play on um, and at the end come back and re- 
view it. I didn't know, and you know, I hate to admit this, I didn't know where this stupid referee came from. I didn't know it was that idiot who we've talked about before. I thought this referee had been banned from football years ago because he's appalling and because he comes from Buriram. There is certainly no way he should be in charge of a Buriram game. I believe there's nothing to do with Nevin having any direct influence over him. He lives in Buriram, mate. Nevin dominates life here. He's got to come back to here. He's not He's not being paid by Nevin for sure, but he knows he lives in Buriram, so he's making his own decision, which is why he should never be near a Buriram game. And that's where the league are at fault, isn't it? Totally. It's not the fault of either team, anybody. The league should not, and they should know better. He was. We, we talked about this, me and you, many, many years ago. This guy was in charge of Buriram game before. It's gonna. It's always going to be trouble. He's always going to fail the team where he lives. That's just life. You know, it's, it shouldn't be there. Should be banned anyway. He's rubbish. I think a few photographs emerged on Twitter, didn't they, in, in the wake of this, showing him involved in certain controversial decisions over the years as well. Somebody posted a, a montage of about eight photos of favourable decisions by Ram. Now, in that montage, three of them were the same incident, which was an offside goal that Superchise scored at our place, all with lines drawn across the pitch at different angles, which really doesn't help anybody. Um, I was at the game and I remember thinking it was a very tight decision but there was a line across the pitch where the grass was cut just use that line it's obviously straight they cut the grass straight but someone drew a different line and went he's offside there was another one on that same montage too it was like three incidents it wasn't eight incidents but yeah. he's, he's get him out of Ram games simple yeah that seems to be the solution anyway the controversy didn't stop there it rumbled <laughs> on and a couple of days later we had the, the postponed game I guess at Bangkok United on Friday night you come back from your shack in Iraq which is a, a lovely phrase I'm going to I'm going to use that as often as I can you'd come back to watch that because initially it should have been played in Bori Ram and they switched it to Bangkok United without telling anybody seemingly and then of course it didn't go ahead all sorts going on there do you want to give me your thoughts on that instead of going to Bangkok I drove up to the state Buriram Stadium to watch it on a big screen with the fans up there we always talk about it's a rainy season but you have to play in the race and you can't avoid it now if it's raining like that you look at the weather radar it's going to rain for an hour and a half two hours you know that my issue was the game was supposed to kick off at seven o'clock they didn't start clearing the water off the pitch until like 7.45 why why did they not see the rain on the pitch an hour before and go let's start cleaning it now before more rain comes Bangkok United's ground staff were hugely at fault now I joked and said oh maybe they had to phone BG and say can we borrow your sponges because we haven't got any and so they drove down to Rangsit got them and came back that's why it took so long I don't know but why didn't they start clearing the water earlier why leave it till 45 minutes after kickoff we had similar with the the Leicester Spurs game didn't we where seemingly both teams didn't want it to go ahead and this seems to be the theory now that's emerged from Friday that both the teams were quite happy for the game not to be played from my perspective I look at it and think it was the right decision on Friday night that game shouldn't have been played in those conditions but the counter to that is we've all seen matches played in far worse now if if that's going to be the standard that has to be applied across the board and what people seem to be inferring here is that in particular your club are getting preferential treatment when it comes to getting games called off let me ask you to throw it back at you why do you think it was the right decision because the pitch was unplayable and I I've, I've seen far worse. I've been to games where I've just thought, there's no way on earth this game should be played. But in the past, and at other grounds, they've always ploughed on, and I'm, I'm using the word advisedly there, ploughed on, 
and you can, play you can mention on, but come and talk about Port later, all right? <laughs> oh, we'll definitely come back to that. That pick last night was just appalling. And again, you know, there was a case for calling that game off. I mean, I, yeah. I could remember going to watch Chambry at some up some crown two seasons in a row. Probably the worst pitch I've ever seen. And it had rained continuously for hours and they still went ahead. And for me, those games shouldn't have been played. But what seems to be happening, it, it, it's not consistent. And if they are going to apply it, then it needs to be across the board, doesn't it? I think they'll on Friday. There was people, you know, people commenting that players didn't go out. They did go out. They went out and tried to play. They couldn't. Then the, the Bury and staff, and we all know Nevin sits on the bench staring like that, like you're going to call it off. Fair play. If you if you can exert influence like that, fair play. You don't want to play the game. Bangkok didn't want to play the game. The Bury and staff went out. They started throwing the ball around. It didn't bounce. It didn't run. They were putting some influence on the referee. Sure, they were. Bangkok United were maybe smarter than Bury and they didn't bother because they knew that if they don't, Buran will get the blame. Fair play. Clever game. But neither team wanted to play that game. Bangkok are hosting Jongbuk on Wednesday night. I think we're in Japan already. Big games. And if the FA of Thailand made a decision said, said, look, these two guy, guy teams have got really important games coming up. And I saw someone being interviewed yesterday and he was saying this is two, two high key games for Thai football, not for the clubs for Thai football in the Champions League to give the players a chance to remain healthy and fit and go and represent their country should have taken preference in this one. I know it's not across the board. I know it's not consistent, but for that reason, it was the right decision. That's a good point. But in that case, why was the game scheduled for that Friday night? If, if they were if they were thinking in those terms, then they shouldn't have had fixtures this weekend. It's lucky they were playing each other. They could have easily reschedule that game for later in the season, couldn't they? They could do. They could have said, OK, to give you even more more time off, because Buriam were flying out Saturday morning to, to Tokyo. So if they could have said, OK, let's just cancel that fixture and give them more time to repair, fair play. I've got absolutely no problem with that for either team. I guess they scheduled it on a Friday night, thinking, well, they've still got five days for the game. Fair enough. Yeah, why not? Some countries will cancel the games the weekend beforehand. I think I've seen it you know, in Spain. I've seen it done. In the future, maybe they've learned. They've learned two things. One is that... Before for big games, maybe look at the league, but when are you going to fit the games in the future then? Because, you know, especially this year with the two-month break again in the winter, and maybe Bangkok United have learned if it rains on Wednesday night, start clearing the water earlier. Let's hope lessons have been learned. I mean, the, the, the sad thing was, as a neutral, I was looking forward to that game, and I think many people were, and it just turned into a circus. That's not a good reflection on the league at all, is it? People tuning <laughs> in to watch that and seeing it all unfold wasn't helpful. And from what I can gather, people in the stadium weren't being informed as to what was happening. On the big screen, there was a there was a weather delay put up on who I don't know who was broadcasting. They did put up game game delayed for weather, but there was no updates. It was just game delayed. We'll just have to see what happens. It, it wasn't a good night, I think, for for. It's a shame, though, because as I think as Sven said, it's traditionally the game where Bangkok get the biggest attendance. They get the biggest away fans. I mean, that's you know that away end. It's normally full on a Saturday night when we come down. Like you know, whatever it's fifteen hundred people. It's our biggest away day of the season. To have it on a Friday night was just bad news. Have the rain, bad news. If they play it again, play it on a Saturday night. Let's fill the stadium. I have to admit, I'm rather happy they they didn't play it because I think Bangkok in such good form, we may have lost. You've just opened a whole new can of worms, there, Jamie. <laughs> And sadly, we don't have time to go into it. Or thankfully, we don't have time to go into it. Anyway, you wanted to talk about the 
the pitch at the Pat Stadium last night. I only saw little bits of it, but uh, it looked awful. It looked like they they got, they got a tractor to cut the grass without the grass cutter behind and just driven around for fun. The madamness was there to watch it. Did she not look at it and go, what's happened to my pitch? I was at a game myself yesterday and I came back, switched it on, watched about five minutes, I think, before half time, and I, the pitch was a mess. I mean, I, I, I thought George Davis had been locked up again. I was looking for the, <laughs> the, the graffiti on the... On the stands there, yeah. it's interesting. Not just the pitch, but the, you know the feedback from this because this is this again comes back to my team. I didn't see the incidents. You know, there were two penalties given. You know, having having been moaning all week that they were counting down to one year no penalties and they got two in one day. Just coincidence. I know that. But then you know, one person saying these were stonewall penalties. What blah blah. Another person saying Port got some very very lucky decisions from the referee last night. That's the game. We love that. That's what we like to talk about, especially before VAR. It was you know much easier to talk about it because it was open now we analyze everything too much everything's on multiple screens well it's it's good banter the problem is always with x or twitter whatever you call it is you can't show humor you know english humor is very sarcastic it's very dark it's, so sometimes you comment and you don't know how people are going to take it and people do get offended very easily or react too much to things i'm one of the people who do it so you're never quite sure if it's just banter or whether it's people just being really nasty and that is an issue with it it is difficult to know isn't it which is the beauty of of podcasts because you you can get that across, can't you? Clearly, those bloody port fans are all very rude. <laughs> that's the trailer. That's that's the trailer for this week's podcast. Thanks, Jamie. Right. So just to close, then I have to ask okay. this question, and this comes from what you've just been saying. Really, you know, that there is now this swell of opinion that Bury Ram United are given favours. They are given preferential treatment. It may have been Rob who said something about this. He says, when you are a team at Bury Ram, you're full of international players and you're an attacking team and you make you get more opportunities. You're in the penalty and more, more often. You've got more skillful players. You know, Go back to Arsenal 2004. Foul all over the place. You're more likely to get more decisions generally going for you and against you. And there are a lot more fouls committed on Bury Ram players because of where they play in the pitch. It happens. Now, if you take a percentage of all the incidents that happen, the percentage of decisions in favour is probably very small. But because it's Boyland, because it's on TV, they're highlighted and microscoped and everyone looks at them so much. I have no problem, Dale, because it shows that how successful they are and how many trophies they got in the cabinet, that people are going to pick on them and pick on them. I don't know. It's suddenly been building this year for sure. You know, maybe it's just two years of treble, treble that people are going, we are so fed up with this team. Somebody beat them. So be it. Come on, beat us. That's a great place to leave it, Jamie. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Take it easy. That's great. And you, see you, mate. Bye. Bye. There you go. So he was quite defiant there, wasn't he? But a little bit conciliatory as well. You know, there were one or two things that he he was trying to smooth over, I felt, in that interview. Yeah, good points he made, especially about social media. People can misconstrue things. I think think he made some really good points, but he did open a can of worms indeed about there's one side wanted to play it less than others. No coincidence, Bangkok United are on a great run. Yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? You know, I wonder if that did factor into the thinking of the Buriram officials. I'm pretty sure it will have done. I mean, if, if Jamie saw fit to mention it, um, yeah, I think you're right. It could well have been a factor, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. On the back of that, I've also been sent the opposite side of the story, which was Matt Jenkins. Matt was there in his capacity as a Bangkok United fan, and he sent me a little summary. So I'm going to read it out now. I mean, basically, he's, he's just running through the, the events of the evening. So I'll, I'll run through that, and then we can chat about that in a minute, Rob. Okay, so this is Matt Jenkins, the Bangkok United side of the story from last Friday night. 
night. At 6pm, the heavens opened. By the time we got to the ground at 6.45, there was clearly surface water, but surprisingly no one trying to clear it. I'll be honest, the pitching places looked totally playable, but in other areas, there was zero bounce or roll. The ref came out at 7, did a lap, and clearly decided that it wasn't going to go ahead, but allowed the ground staff to come out with four water rollers to try and clear the surface. These guys ambled around with little purpose. We started to get the feeling that this wasn't going to go ahead. The Bury Ram management clearly also didn't want the game being played, with the coaches doing very clear bounces in wet areas in front of the refs and shaking their heads. The lack of communication was so disappointing, but you could see where it was going. I felt sorry for the Bury Ram fans stuck out in that rain for two hours. After a second pitch inspection around 7.45, it was clearly better, but still areas that were not playable. There was then another needless way before the final real sign-off, and that wasn't from the club, but the Bury Ram coaches going to apologise to the away fans. Then the announcement came over the PA before a mass exit from the ground. With Buriram away in Japan on Wednesday and probably hitting Bangkok United in top form, they had no intention of wanting this game played. Bangkok United, also with an important home game this Wednesday in the AFC Champions League, probably didn't want the pitch cutting up or losing players to injuries. We joke about the powers at Buriram controlling the league, but four small rollers and eight guys toiling to clear the water showed that very little was done to force the game to go ahead. Both teams seemed very happy not to play. So they you go he's, he's pretty much saying what jamie said you've got to hope that we've learned from things like this and if there are important fixtures coming up then change it maybe you've tried to play that on thursday when the fixtures were announced you know do something yeah i mean it doesn't help when burry ram's version of dicky bird sat there on the bench deciding that's still the issue isn't it that's not going to go away he, he does like hang over thai football doesn't he but as Jamie said in his interview, the problem is the guy's got so much power. I mean, going back to the referee incident at Terror, he's going to go back and live in the province. The league has got to take a lot of responsibility. I mean, we've all said that, haven't we? They've, you know, there's very little thought gone into these things. It does, but who controls the league? The certain benefactors don't toss a load of money in the league's direction and not want anything in return. But it's giving us plenty it's of material, isn't it? Anyway, so we've got to be thankful for that. That was how the weekend started. Quite Quite disastrously, but we did get some football. So we've got a couple of match reports coming up now. We've got Risa with his regular report from a Ratbury game. Then we've got two from the Chombury Utai Tani game, which I was hoping to gloss over, but sadly we we got these reports sent in, so I've got to use them. So let's listen to those now, and we can comment on them afterwards. Ties to match reports. Good evening from Dragons Hall Park, Ratchaburi. The match between Ratchaburi FC and Trap FC in the sixth week of the Thai League. The score is 3-1 to the home side. The game itself quite entertaining. Trap FC came with a defensive style of play. It's shown in the first half that they received red card from a VAR checking. It comes perhaps from their style of play that play hard. Ratchaburi itself trying to prove themselves after the defeat last week. They try and try to score in the first half even with the 11 men to 10 men still cannot score. But in the second half, they come out brilliantly. They can score three and win the game. Hope to maintain this score, this result in the following matches. See you on the next one. Cheers. Ties to Please pronounce that after a five-year hiatus, heading back to the Chombri Stadium, watch Chombri versus Utai Hane. About to get on a motorbike, short trip, 
over from Go Hotel. Very conveniently placed right next to Central Chombury. Further updates to follow. After a long layoff from the Chombury Stadium, I'm pleased to announce I am back enjoying a game. Still nil-nil, 58 minutes on the clock. Slightly more eventful first half with, I think, a valid VAR correction on the penalty against Chombury. And it was most definitely offside. Not often I praise VAR, but they seem to have got it right today. 30 minutes to go. I can see Chombury scoring in this one. Against the runner play, Utai Tani won Chombri nil. Despite the attacking onslaught from Chombri, Utai broke a well-taken goal. Ten minutes left to play at the Chombri Stadium. Yeah, when I mean, you could almost see that coming. I mean, they've had one chance the second half, and that was a good goal in all fairness. I mean, I don't blame the keeper for once. It's been all Chombri. How we are losing this game, I do not know. After a five-year hiatus from the Trombury Stadium, back here on the end of a 2-0 defeat by Utaitani. Two breakaway goals did actually expose Trombury's offensive frailties. Questions need to be asked there. They were attacking, they were pushing numbers forward, but they broke and it wasn't offside. Very much like the first half and it didn't require VAR this time to declare that that goal was valid and did stand. Great to catch up some old faces. Always a pleasure to see Tim, Val and Claire. Many faces missing. Saddened to hear about some of them over from the Chombury Stadium. Despite the limited amount of fans in the stadium tonight, post-match transport was once again troublesome. Struggled to get a motorbike. Decided to stretch the legs, take a walk back to the Go Hotel. Great place to stay. Really reasonable. Perfect match day. So it's five years since I was last at the Chombury Stadium. Great to be back there. Hope I can get some more games in the future. Ears are warm. Welcome him. Fighting club. I just hope that on the pitch, ground fortunes improve. Ties to the podcast. We have our friend here, Mark Taylor. So, um, Mark, what are your thoughts on the colours of the two strips? Really not a fan of the Chombri. It's too much white. I'd like to see it go back to the blue. I think Utantan is very boring. Very from the here in the stands, you can see very little distinguishing features on the kit. Looks like they're just wearing black. They could be lining up for a funeral. And the half. What do you think about the half? In all fairness, it's classic Blackburn Rovers, isn't it? Which was one of the most iconic strips. 93-94 was a strip I did like. I'm not a fan. No, no, I think we agree we're not a fan. And what about Utai? What do you think about this, this black and a little bit of dark red? Funeral attire. Claire, what do you think of the strip of the, uh, the away team? The black shorts with the black and dark red top. It's too dark. It's quite grim, really. To be honest, the pink boots are a relief. There's only one player, all three of them. No, there's several, several. And to be honest... Let's not get into boots. Let's not get into boots. Well, then, I think that if it was me, I would pick out the burgundy and make that the short and the sock. A little bit lighter, Mark. Wow. Burnley. Well, just one word, Burnley. Burnley is horrible, I don't know, of course. Right, they're just a small town in Lancashire, so yeah, I think that's pretty awful. It's almost a classic away Man City strip. Ball in, Chambly! Oh my god! What a goal! But it is offside! Oh my 
my god, he hit that beautifully. Ball chipped over the top. That's got to be Varge. Mark thinks he's well offside. I think he's got to be a VAR on that. A beautiful first time volley, though. A lovely chip over the top. Well, Risa sounded a lot happier this week, didn't he? Amazing what a win can do, isn't it? Well done, Risa. And I uh, say so we have to mention it. The two reports from Chumbury. Obviously, Mark, he, he was a regular when he lived in Thailand. He's over in Hong Kong now. It was a shame for him that they lost to one of the poorest teams I think I've ever seen. Utai Tani offered absolutely nothing in that game. And that's not just me being biased. They were, they were very, very poor indeed. You know, people will argue that it was game management. That's how they set the story. All up. I just thought they were they didn't have much of a clue and we gifted them three points. Yeah, you get games like that, don't you? If you don't take your chances, you're always always got a chance of conceding at the other end. That was it, in a nutshell. And it's it's worrying times actually for Chambray. I think there's already rumblings that the coach isn't up to it. So I'll be very surprised if he lasts beyond the first leg. And next Sunday, I'm dreading it. I'm not gonna lie. Easy game on Sunday. For them, yeah. Um, and well done, Tim. I wondered where he was going with his report. I thought I'd tuned into Royal Ascot on BBC too. It was good, wasn't it? It's, it's nice to get something a bit different. And uh, for me, what was the phrase he used? We don't want to get into boots, which I thought was fantastic. We um, could have had a run there. And Claire's always good at spotting things like that. I remember I was at a game with her once and she, she saw uh, one of the players wearing what she thought was a, a sports bra. And she was obviously counting the pink boots on shore on Sunday night. Hi, my name is Tim and I'm listening to a Thai football podcast. We've got a new feature now, which has been shamelessly stolen from that giant of football radio broadcasts, Danny Baker. A few years ago on his show, he used to do a thing, have you ever seen a footballer in real life? And I had a couple of messages from Marco this week. And he'd bumped into a couple of people in strange places. Well, not they're not particularly strange places, but away from football grounds on non-match days. And he'd sent these in. And I thought, I've had a couple of experiences like this. And I'm sure others must have as well. So I, I sent out a couple of emails to people asking if they could share any stories. And obviously, over the coming weeks, we want you to send in your meetings with anyone connected with Thai football away from the stadium on non-match days. So we've got a couple of these to start us off. Okay, so going back to Mark, who's just given us his report from Chambury, he said he once saw former Chambury striker Rodrigo Virgilio in Bangsen McDonald's. I'm pretty sure he ordered a double cheeseburger, large fries and nuggets. Grant Aitken, who's a... Mung Tong United fan tells us this story about meeting Silio Santos. I gave him a friendly I know who you are smiling tops as he was buying grapes. He had only just signed for Mung Tong. He shot me daggers, perhaps assuming my friendly demeanour to have ulterior motives. Not sure quite what he means by that. It was a little terrifying to be honest. I quickly vacated the area without a single word being exchanged. And then one from Marco, who set this whole ball rolling. I bumped into Mario Jurovsky, JC John and Dragon Boscovich, all at Bangkok United at the time, at Chang Watanar Immigration, whilst in the queue for a visa extension. I had to wait in line while they were taken to the front of the queue, off to a separate room. One of the perks of being a foreign TPL footballer. 
So there you go. Oh, Three sure. examples of meeting Thai football people in real life. Have, have you ever bumped into anyone, Rob? To be honest, I wouldn't have a clue. No, I mean, it's possible that the star striker of Rice Salai works in your local 7-Eleven. Have a closer look next time you're in there. I will. If anybody's got any of those they want to send in, you know how to contact us. It's, it's great to receive those. I love that kind of stuff. Moving on, we've got many people's highlight of the podcast is your roving report, Rob. So I'm going to let you introduce this because I know it was quite an eventful day, wasn't it? It sure was. Basically, I got dropped off um, the nearest town cancer room by my wife at nine in the morning. I had to wait 90 minutes. Eventually got to Ubon in a quest to reach Yasserton. And let's hear how you got on. Rob's roving report. So I've reached my destination, uh, just gone two o'clock to be fair, the bus time was right. Unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be any tuk-tuks or taxis here. There are motorcycle taxis, but there's more chance of Burry Ramzona appearing on, in stand-up at the comedy store than me getting on one of those. And grab and bolt aren't working. So anyway, that's the museum out of the way, I won't be able to do that today. It's a shame, it looked very interesting. The Frog and Snake Museum on the river. Never mind, that's for another day. We're here for football. So now, I've got a walk of around 55 minutes. And I have to report it's quite warm. Right, well it looks as though I've arrived at the province stadium of Yasuton. Quite a walk and it has been very warm. Just talking to a guy around the corner there at the petrol station, he was astonished I'd walked that far. Doesn't know me very well obviously. So today, Yasuton come into the game, they lost 4-0 their opening day at Surin City and then lost 3-0 at home last week to last season's the North East champions Marsarakam. Be hoping for greater fortunes today obviously. And their opponents, they must think I'm stalking them. It's my old friends at Rice Salah United, who started their league season with a 4-1 win against her in uh, Kunchi Mall, and then followed it up last week with a 0-0 in the Cisaket derby against Cisaket United. So we'll see what today has in store. It looks a nice place, I must admit. Quite a bustling little town centre. It looks like after dark it'll be relatively busy. I came through a, where a night market will be. I get the impression there's not many Farangs ever passed through, Judging by the curiosity and the amount of people who wanted to speak to me, lots of smiles as ever in this part of the world, which is always nice. And there's a Tuandang uh, nightclub here, so obviously enjoy a bit of fun after dark, but that'll be for another day. After the game, I've got greater matters in hand, like trying to get back to the bus station in time for me uh, service to Ubon, or it could be an interesting evening and some explaining to do when I get home. <laughs> Yasserton is home of the Bunfai Rocket Festivals that take place around the rainy season each year, very popular around Isan, this part of Isan anyway. And therefore the football team is nicknamed the Rockets. Let's see if they've got any power in them today. So anybody coming to a game here, first of all I don't know if it's regular, but the good news is it's free admission today. Very welcome. It's a good idea to have your own transport as I am quickly learning. And an unusual feature, there's only three floodlight pylons. There's one missing on the far side. Hence the afternoon kickoffs, I guess. And the other thing that's intriguing to me, uh, before Covid I did do some research. Yes listeners, believe it or not we do. And the crowds were upwards of 400 before Covid and they've completely nosedived since. Anybody got any ideas? Please shout. 
their teams and I must admit I have taken quite a fancy to the Yasserton home kit the pink and sky blue for sale for only 399 baht great value so we have plenty of goals this afternoon and no controversy I don't know where they got the recording of the King's Anthem from here at the stadium but I was looking all over for a brass band it was like Brighouse and Rastrick playing oh, it took me back to Brastoff what a tremendous version if everyone played that it'd be hard lifting just gone the halfway mark in the first half of your Dale. 1-0 Ricey Salai. The visitors have taken the lead, the corner, the keeper came out flat. Skipper number 30 rose, his head uh, plonked against the post, came back out and he nodded in the rebound himself. So, Yasoton nil, Ricey Salai United 1. And what has to be said is a very difficult playing surface. They've obviously had a lot of rain in these parts. Well, it should have been 2-0 to the visitors, Dale. The keeper's pulled off a great save with his legs. All laid back. Number seven, good chance. Should have made no mistake, really. Oh, another horrendous error at the back. Just stick with it, Dale. See if the defence can clear it. They are creating problems for themselves, eh? Yossaton uh, this afternoon. Should probably hear the drummers here from Rice Salai and as tuneless as ever. They really are shocking. The team, meanwhile, still on the oh, free kick right on the edge. The biggest relief to me is that the massive storm seems to have passed over the far side. There's a big rainbow in the, on the horizon. That lands Armin Rail Bobber. Still 1 0 to the visitors. Stroke of half time, we're in stoppage time. A cross came in, glancing at it from the number seven from the horse. It looks as though Yosaton are gonna go in level at the break. Well, I know you'll enjoy that, Dale. They just pause for a photo after scoring. One each. Yeah, it's all about the timing. That was the last action of the half. One eight, so tides go in. Be interesting to see what the coaches say to the sides. Ricey Salai were controlling that game, but that goal has changed everything. One each at the break. We're about ten minutes into the second half, Dale, and uh, Ricey Salai in the ascendancy once again. Just a thought, referees do get a lot of criticism. Would help an awful lot if the players didn't act and roll around. Some real world of sport wrestling stuff out there with the acting that's going on. Well, the Ricey Salai players are losing their egg with the referee. In a book one for descent, they're all arguing. The coach kicked a bottle onto the pitch. Not doing them any favours, still one each. Well, let's change the game, I wonder. The Yossaton uh, keeper's having to come off injured. What well, was going on in his place? He'll be kind and say he's got a high water retention. And he's not very tall. This could be interesting. Well, the horse now to make it hard for themselves. Number 10 with a shocking challenge. Second yellow card, he's on his way. There's a bit of pushing and shoving going on, but there's no, there should be no arguments. They've made the right decision. Yossaton down to 10. What will happen for the rest of the game? We're about halfway through the second half. 
Yes, yeah, slight correction. It was a number 20 who got sent off for uh, Yasser Tom. They brought a number 10 on. And he's like a bull in a china shop. He's getting the crowd going. Not a lot of finesse. Not the same finesse as some of the bonfire from the showground across the way there behind the goal. But he's, he's getting the crowd going and he's getting his teammates enthused. Great stuff. <laughs> Well, we're getting towards the end of the game, Dale, and I'm having to use my initiative a little bit because time's going to be really tight for me to catch that bus back to Ubon. I miss that I am in bother. Interesting to see how many people are behind the goal outside the ground, even though it's free admission, because, of course, they've got the motors there having their own little tailgate parties with booze because there's none round the other side. I have to say, Yasutan have made a really good fist of this. They've really put their effort in, and uh, they probably deserve a draw. We'll see how it goes. Those last couple of minutes. Dale, I don't believe it! The place is going bonkers! The Sidney, the big fella, he's glanced onto a throw ball, tipped the keeper and he's rolled in! The crowd are going crazy! So on! Yes, it's on! <laughs> Full time, 2-1, Yasutan. A full report if I make the bus. So I made it. I didn't know that these nearly 58-year-old legs could do it at such a pace. I'm actually waiting for the bus. And you know when you sometimes go out, some of you think, well, should I or shouldn't I? The answer's always yes. Do it. Enjoy it. Yeah, it was a good game, and I was pleased with the result, basically, because Yossetan, uh, not as technically gifted or as good a side as Ricey Salai, but they're stuck at it. And I send the fans home happy like that. Last-minute goal when you're down to ten men. Something special. So, yeah, really enjoyable. As long as this bus arrives reasonably promptly, because I've got a train to connect with at Ubon. And as long as that's running to time, there's still adventure ahead of you. But, yeah, it's been a fantastic day out. Recommend anyone gives it a go. Go out and watch some football. You never know what'll happen. There you go. I was getting updates from Rob while he was doing that and it was getting very, very nervy at one point whether he was going to make his connection and thankfully you did, didn't you? Just about. I um, mean, the, the bus coming back, I was watching Google Maps and counting the minutes down and asked for my driver across the ring road and uh, to the station at Ubon, an aero, but I, I wouldn't want to do that drive very often in the back of the car. Have you, have you recovered? Yeah, it, it took it out of me, I must admit. I slept very well on uh, Sunday night and then I slept an extra three hours yesterday. A lot of walking involved. We all know what, what it's like living in Thailand. You've, you've got to give yourself plenty of time and be prepared to be patient. Timetables are just for display purposes only. And I think last night you watched a game in, in more luxurious circumstances, didn't you? Yeah, what a cracking game that was last night between Chiang Rai United and Sukhothai. Great way to round the weekend off. And I'm glad you pointed out on Twitter as well about the goalkeeper's kits. I, all game, I was thinking, is this my eyesight or are they practically wearing the same colours as the outfield players? Chang Rai are in orange and the keeper's got like an amber shirt and the, the sky blew a sucker tie. The keeper was slightly darker blue, wasn't he? It? it was crazy. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything as, as close as that. I'm surprised they got away with it. <laughs> 
This is Clinton, and you're listening to a Thai football podcast. So, on to our next section, which is proving very popular, our listener questions. We've got three more this week. I'll read them out. So, question one. Samuel Thorley asks, Now that there are the beginnings of a real pyramid system in the Thai League, what developments are you hoping to see in the next three to five years? Well, it's probably dreamland, but more sustainable clubs coming through. I'd maybe change T3 into four regional divisions and then have a T4 which would be sort of amateur semi-pro feeding that so there's more chance of teams coming through all the time. It is encouraging that we, we are seeing this pyramid system but there needs to be a lot more support doesn't there for teams especially these teams who are, who are quite ambitious we often see it don't we at the end of every season when you get to the playoffs down in T3 that there are certain clubs who clearly don't want to go up. I'm not suggesting they throw games but maybe they, they don't don't try as hard as they might. And then you get situations where clubs like Patty United, who didn't finish in the promotion places, actually went up because an, another team wasn't ready. And I think it's it's these little things, isn't it, that need to be looked at and, and ironed out, really. Uh, I like seeing different clubs coming up. And if, if clubs can survive and prosper, then I think it's great. And I, I always say, you know, the, the, the changes we've seen in the last 20 years in Thai football have been incredible. It's sometimes easy to forget and overlook that. So hopefully in the next five years, we, we will see an, a bigger improvement as again, you know. Fingers crossed. Okay, second question. This is from Anthony Thorpe. And he says, what would you do if the Bangkok pub described your podcast as moribund well first of all i'd be delighted that somebody had bought uh, somebody at the post addictionary but in all seriousness if an esteemed journal such as that mentioned us i'd be absolutely flattered any publicity is good publicity isn't it rob indeed i do get the alan partridge reference obviously with the moribund thing and i was going to go into a whole eat your words thing but i'll, I'll leave that so a third question <laughs> this is nice we've got a celebrity sending in a question well they'll kill me for saying that so this is from steve darby could the panel you and me rob could the panel explain why thai fa administrators try to sack successful winning national coaches e.g peter with zico and most recently mano polking well first of all it's not not from that get asked a question by somebody whose book i'm reading so thanks a lot for that steve i think in a nutshell it's that we goes uh, jamie's point about uh, people running provinces making big decisions nobody ever says no to them uh, they don't read the room because they really don't care about it it's not inclusive to thailand there are english chairmen who uh, cause ructions but the difference there is that fans protest stop it happening too much i was here when through the peter with era and that i'm still convinced that that was the best thailand national team i've ever seen he was he was fortunate that he had some great players to choose from but he got them playing to the strengths and the whole issue of him getting the boot was bizarre. You know, at the time they cited the fact that he was wearing shorts on the touchline and they wanted him to be more formal. There was an outcry. I mean, I know what you said about fans' protests. It didn't quite get that far, but a lot of the fans didn't want him to go. The parts of the press didn't want him to go. And it, it is, it's egos, isn't it? With Zico, I mean, again, you know, Zico was hounded out. And the Mano thing, I think that shows how things have changed, really, in that, yeah. you know, at one point it looked like he was on his way, didn't it? But there was players wanted him and there was 
a large swell of the fan base that wanted him to stay as well. And I think that's one case of where they did actually listen to the room and kind of thought, hang on a minute, we are making a mistake here. We, we're going to have to sort of step back. So maybe things have changed. The players have certainly done Manu a massive favour, and quite rightly so. Hopefully he'll, he'll repay our faith in him. I'm sure he will. So thank you for those questions. If anybody else has got any to send in, you know where to send them. We're always happy to answer anything. We don't mind as long as they're vaguely connected with Thai football we'll have a crack now just before we go the FA Cup starts this week why are the first round not regionalised we've got teams coming up Rayon coming all the way to Cisica and a team from the Bangkok Premier League third division to go to Cisica both games are going to be landslides you know, we're talking at a time when money's tight. Yeah, it, it does seem to be silly, doesn't it? But regionalising it would make perfect sense. Well, I mean, they've just drawn the FA Cup fourth qualifying round back in England, and that was regionalised, and a lot of those clubs are full-time pro. Yeah, it's something something they need to look at, definitely. The, the craziness of the uh, competition sees a beach football team, Prattenham BSB, playing away to Bangkok FC. I, di- I did not know that. They're playing the beach football team tournament and the shadows of Rajamangali. Well, I, I hope they prepared the pitch for them. Maybe play at Port, eh? Well, they could play in our, our front garden. That looks like a beach with the tide just gone out at the moment. So that's about it. Episode 15. Thanks very much, Rob. Enjoy your no rest. Problem. I think you've earned it. And all being well, I'll see you on Sunday. Yes, looking forward to it. Hope I bring you a bit of luck. Enjoy your week, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, have a great week wherever you are, everyone. Take care.